This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So start off by telling me, are you really fine? everyone and welcome to this week's episode of No Really I'm Fine. It may sound slightly different today because I am joining you from the lovely sunny Fort Ventura on holiday. However, this week's episode is a discussion between myself and the lovely Matt Aldis. He's one of our producers of the show and you'll be hearing a lot more of him in series two. So in this episode, we talk about Matt's experience with depression, anxiety and OCD and how antidepressants and some other forms of medication have helped him. There's a big debate around antidepressants, whether they work for some, whether they work for others, how long we stay on them for, whether there's a bit of a taboo of, of going on them. I know myself, I've, I've struggled for a while of, of feelings of, of being a failure for being on them, but that's just something that I have to deal with. So for me, it was really interesting to speak to Matt about his experiences and how they really helped him, you know, overcome his struggles and he didn't see them as a bad thing. So we would be really interested to hear your thoughts on whether antidepressants are something you use and how are they helping you? And if you don't use them, why not? Are there other forms of sort of self-help that work better for you? So we would really like to hear your thoughts on this episode and just hope you enjoy it. Here it is. How are you feeling today? Are you, are you uh, really fine? Am I really fine? <laughs> I think so. I, I'm better than than I've been, like you know, recently. It's, yeah. it's been a weird few months, but today, yeah, I feel more clarity uh, and I feel sort of capable at, at being able to be a human. Yeah. Yeah. You, you tweeted this morning, didn't you? About I did, yeah. Being back on, um, or coming off, was it? Or being back on antidepressants? Yeah, so I, the last few months um, sort of spiralled quite quite heavily. Um, and it got to a point where I think because it's not the first time this sort of thing's happened. So I was able to recognise the signs a bit more easily. It still took me a while to actually go and do something about it, but at least I knew what I had to do. You know, I wasn't starting from scratch because I was, I was off medication for, for quite a while. I went back to the doctor and basically said, look, I've tried all sorts of things in the past. Like counseling doesn't work. I'm too anxious to be able to talk to a stranger. I always find it counterproductive to, uh, go to counseling, just, mm. just the going yeah. part because somebody that has anxiety you go and get on a bus by yourself and then you go to a place that you've never been before yeah and talk to a person you've never met I mean what is more anxiety inducing than yeah. that it yeah. just seems crazy so it's never worked yeah so I got I, I said that medication is really the only thing that, that has ever sort of had any impact so tried a new medication yeah it's been a few weeks now and it's sort of 
working. Yeah, obviously for, it'll work for different people. So some some people I know yeah. try medication, it's just not just for doesn't them. work. They, some yeah. people need the counselling. Some people need exercise. Mm. Everyone's different. Everyone tackles it differently. And for me, I like to exercise and I like to be active and I like to be productive, but I'm just totally unable. So I feel like I always need something to help me get there before I can start doing these things. Otherwise they just seem like mountains to climb Mm. and, and I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. So for me, uh, medication has probably been the best thing I've done. Definitely in recent times. Yeah. When, when I went on medication, I sort of seen it almost as a failure because I feel like antidepressants aren't talked about enough as a positive thing perhaps they're definitely yeah. an enabler for me i don't I, i've never really seen it like that they're a, a crutch it's like you know if you've got a broken leg you can't just walk mm. yeah. you need something to help you yeah. walk and that's what i see medication as it is something that enables me to understand my own personality and who i am and be able to act on those principles and morals when that medication isn't there I'm a totally different person. Mm. Um, I'm angry, frustrated, um, desperate. It all comes back on the people that are closest to you. And I'm not somebody that likes to go out of my way to try and hurt somebody else. But it's not until I see people who are close to me that are really harmed by my behaviours that it wakes me up to like, I need to do something and I need to do it fast. And unfortunately, every time that I've got to a place where I'm, I've gone to get medication. That's where it's led. That's, yeah. that's been the breaking point of, of this has to stop like tomorrow. But yeah, it, it's, I don't, I've never seen it as a failure. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people do and mm. there is a stigma around it. I don't think it's fair. Yeah. And you talked before about some of the signs from when you, before you went to get help, what, what were they? Yeah. I get extremely angry, extremely short. I'm not really uh, an angry person. I would consider myself quite patient. However, when I'm at my lowest, these things just go out the window. I tend to spend a lot of time staring at the wall. I, t- I tend to spend a lot of time making myself busy doing nothing. I pace quite a lot. I get There's a, f- a feeling of shame that I have yeah. uh, quite a lot. A feeling that I'm not who I'm supposed to be. Not on some grand scale, like my career is not in the right place or whatever, but but I act so aggressively against my, my own morals and yeah. own personality traits that I don't recognise myself. Mm. That is something that that I I struggle with on a daily basis, and it makes me desperate. Mm. It makes me desperate to get away from that person, yeah, um, without any capability of actually doing it. Mm. And it all comes out against the people who I'm closest to and the people that I love and sort of any sense of feeling, any sense of desire or want to do anything just is gone. Don't necessarily get sad, but I get completely flat towards everything. Do you find yourself exhausted as well? Because many times where, you know, there's such overthinking thoughts for me as well in my brain that you just get exhausted. You must feel the same in terms of when you're at such a low low mood it's energy consuming yeah i struggle you know struggle to get i think quite a typical symptom or trait is struggling to get out of bed in the morning i know exercise is really good for me i'm somebody that needs to exercise in the morning i can't do it at night for a number of reasons things like i live in a city and gyms are quite busy in the evenings i just get so anxious i need to leave so i don't enjoy being there and Mm. it's not enjoyable and then so you don't want to go back yeah so i have to do it in the morning when it's quiet 
has to be early. Yes. So, so, it's, on. <laughs> so it's got to be like six o'clock yeah. before I can even bring myself to, to going. But when I haven't got any help in dealing with how I'm feeling and I've been exhausted for days, I just can't, I can't get out of bed. Mm. I can't do it. And I struggle. Funnily though, if it's for someone else, I tend to be better at it. Yeah. How do you uh, mean? So I, I, I would get up every day regardless of the time and make my partner a cup of coffee. Like that's just part of my routine. If it was just me, I wouldn't get up and make myself yeah. one. You know, when it's for somebody else, even if it's small, I find it a lot easier to motivate myself because it's not about me. It's almost like you don't have, not respect, but care. Yeah. I don't care about myself as much as I care about other people. Yeah. yeah and I you think. should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. It's just, it's just that, that feeling of shame. It's just, yeah. it's just, just, I don't, I haven't really heard many people talk about it to be, to be honest, but mm. like, I feel absolutely ashamed of, of my character. Do you feel ashamed of your mental health? Of your mental Not illness? of my mental health, but you don't really think about the mental health when you're in, involved in it. Yeah. Uh, you don't think like I have a mental illness that yeah. I need to address. And also like mental Ill health, mental illness. I, I, I've never really bought into that either. Um, it's all just physical health. Y your brain is physically inside your head. Uh, there are physical sort of signals and sparks and hormones and all sorts being pushed around your body mm. um, to spark these things happening. So it's not, there's no such thing as mental health in mm. my view. I just see it all as health. It's yeah. you know, personal health. But yeah, I, I don't really place much value on, on myself when I'm in those, in those states. Mm. Um, but then I, I tend to blame everyone for not valuing me yeah. if I'm being aggressive towards somebody and they're not respecting, you know, cause I know, I think I know somewhere in the back of my mind that there is an issue uh, or when someone's not recognizing that it's almost like a cry. The anger is like a cry for just recognize that I'm not yeah. well yeah. because I can't sort of subconsciously, I think. Does it take like a journey or a while to build up to that stage? Or do you find yourself just getting instantly angry when you are at that, those moods? Well, I think over time I, I get harder and harder to cope with. So that, that happens over time. But when I'm there already in that dark state, it's, it's almost instant. You don't know what you're going to say that's going to set me off. It's not like, like I get physically aggressive or anything like that. It's, but it's more like really snappy, really angry, blaming other people for my own issues, really, yeah. and not really addressing the real cause of why this argument or why this, this thing is happening or why this person is hurt by my behavior mm. or, or whatever. And it can be anyone, it can be anyone that's close to me and it can be any topic. How really. have people reacted to you then when you've been in those moods? Have people been understanding? It's hard, I think, for anyone to understand unless they've experienced it. Yeah. Or been a part of it in any way. Nine times out of 10, it's anger and it should be. I'm not being a nice person, but nine times out of 10, it comes back as, as anger or confrontation. And I don't disagree with that. And, and actually for me, I think that's what I need to see because I, because until it gets to that stage, I, I can't even recognize that, you're doing that I'm yeah. being hurtful. Yeah. Those are the only times where someone's got so frustrated and irate with me mm. that, that I've been able to see you know, whatever I'm doing is, is causing a lot of upset to somebody else. And I, I, that's not who I yeah. am as a person. So I, I need to change this. Do you feel guilty afterwards? Yeah. So yeah. guilty. Yeah. 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 It's almost like it's somebody else doing it. So initially there's a disassociation for like an hour after something's blown up. I, I might not 
have any feelings at all mm. and just get on with what I was doing. But then slowly it starts to creep in and I, I, I really start to analyze my own behavior and it's not pleasant. It's, I would find those points worse than the anger. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. much because the anger is reactive. It doesn't come from the other person's actions. It comes completely internally. It's basically you lying to yourself that, that there's some sort of deeper issue. It's you trying your best to uh, defend the way that you're acting and the way that you, you're feeling, really. I think I spend a lot of time lying to myself, or at least I have done, lying to myself about how I feel. I used to, before I got diagnosed with anything, be one of these people that, that didn't really believe that, you know, the people that, that will say, oh, just cheer up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. get over it. Like, it's, yeah. it's fine. I don't know what you're worrying about. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to be one of those people. Mm. And it wasn't really until I had the moment in my head where I realized that mental health and physical health aren't different, mm -hmm. that it's not made up, it's not fantastical, it's just health. And then actually experiencing it, all of those feelings and bringing someone to a point where they were acting out of character, out of frustration about how you were being towards them. It just all clicked and just mm. all fell into place. And I realized it was the phrase, I can't cope with myself. And it's like the I and myself. Two it's almost things. like two yeah. different people. Yeah. I, I realized then that there was something that definitely needed to be addressed. And that was, I, mean, I think that was like maybe six years, six or seven years mm. ago now. Is this something that you've always sort of experienced? When did it all start really? So I don't really know. Mm. I know when I realised, but I don't really know. I think there's a lot of it in my family and takes different forms for, for everybody, but I didn't really ever register that as a kid. I was quite like a lonely, lonely is an unfair word, but... I was a bit of a loner. I liked my own company. I liked to just stay in my room, go on my computer, watch films. I wasn't really always out and about active. I didn't have many friends and I always felt slightly different, but never anything that was so obvious that anyone would know any different. I suppose you don't think about that when you're younger as well. You yeah, just, yeah. You, don't, you don't have the language for it. You, mm. don't, you don't have any way to communicate it either. Um, I, I used to you know, give short one word sounds and mumbles to, to questions. And I remember my, my stepdad had a rule where I had to answer questions with more than two syllables really? or more than two words just to get more than yeah. two words out of me. You know, <laughs> if I was a asked, good a, idea. <laughs> it, it, it works, it, it did work for me. But when I think back on it now, I think maybe that was, you know, a point where it started because I remember feeling like so against talking to people so against like wanting to communicate with people which again like probably wasn't really in my true nature was your family big communicators or i, I mean i've always been it? i've always been close to my family I, I think my stepdad has got less strict as i've got older um i think that probably happens with with most most people but he's definitely mellowed out as a person and that i think him being a bit strict when I was younger meant that I didn't really f want to talk so much. I, I always could. I, I did. If, the, if something was wrong or I'd done something wrong, or I, I always felt like I should be honest about it. I always felt I've never, I haven't been like hammered into this position where I can't talk about it because of my, like my mum has always been fantastic and wanted to listen to anything I've had to say. Um, my stepdad, he approaches things much more logically, but he, 
always up for helping. He'll go out of his way to help anybody. So I've had a fantastic family and, and network, but it's one of those things where the understanding has to be there for you to have even have those conversations. And I think maybe when I was a kid, these talk, sorts of things weren't being talked about as much. Probably there was a lack of the language to, to be able to actually mm. speak about these things and the way I was feeling. But then I wasn't coming forwards with it. Mm. So I, th I think everybody plays their part, but I can't really blame anyone but myself for not talking about it sooner or whatever. But then I think I've dealt with it at the right time. You can only really deal, deal with it when you're ready and you can only really tell people about it when you're ready. Luckily for me, I've never really had too much of an issue with telling people if I feel bad. I think the problem is recognising that I feel bad. Yeah, knowing what your triggers are. Exactly. Yeah. That's the hardest part, I, I think, of a mental health journey, knowing what your triggers are because often you can feel like you're having a bad day every day and you just don't know when it'll go away. Yeah, so you're so desperate to escape mm. it. I mean, I, I've never had any thoughts of like, death or mm. anything but I've certainly had thoughts of uh, it stopping but or wanting to not get out of bed yeah, yeah. like or, or just wanting to escape yeah. like really so I think my feeling of self-preservation overrides my want to I couldn't bring harm on myself physically because like when I think about it I think I'm too afraid mm. too too afraid to do that sort of thing to my family too afraid to do that sort of thing to people that I care about yeah uh, it goes against sort of my own morals if I was ever in a place like that I would like to think that I would recognize it pretty sharpish and, and cry out for some, some sort of help and Is, I feel lucky that I'm pretty sure about that would you say it's your anxiety that makes you angry or or more of a, a depression sort mm, of thing I think they both play a part I think the depression more because I get so frustrated. Anxiety is, is a feeling that is, is more fleeting. And I think my anger, whenever I am feeling depressed or, or in, a, in a period of time where I'm, I can't feel anything. And it's that frustration of, I can't feel, why can't I feel anything? Mm. And I, I need to, like, I need, I need something to happen. And it's like a desperation and a frustration that it doesn't stop and you can't get out of it. And I don't numb to that. I stay in it for, for weeks. And I, some people, I think, will feel depressed and then they just get used to that feeling. And I can't, I can't because I know in my head somewhere, I know that that's not really the sort of person I am. So I think I get extremely agitated and extremely frustrated. And then I start sort of lashing out about that. So I think definitely the depression. Do you talk to your partner about it? Yeah, all the mm. time. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, when I went to uh, the doctors recently, we've talked about, I mean, we had a massive conversation about it last night about mm. how I feel the, the medication's working. Yeah. Um, and I feel really clear and able to be happy um, thinking about the future and thinking like I haven't, haven't had those thoughts and feelings for a good few months. So yeah, we, we talk a lot about it and she's fantastic. She's mm. like the best, best thing about all of this is is she understands it yeah but she doesn't let me off <laughs> she doesn't yeah. she's like you, you know I've, I've got this thing and and I, and I get it but but you can't be like this mm. you know mm. so which yeah. for me especially somebody being gentle with me does not work mm. I will just take advantage of that mm. and just wallow 
and be in that place for as long I well whether it's me or or the thing that's doing it to me like you know it wants to stay there and and I can't get out of it unless I really have a hard hand pushing me and so like I can only really thank her for that now you're in this positive place do you find it easy to talk about the past sort of yeah I mean I've never like I say I've never really had an issue talking about it yeah doesn't mean anything's going to change it's not until I see the physical sort of outcome of of my behaviors or emotional outcomes of my behaviors on other people that I can really feel like I need to I need to act I've never really had an issue with saying that that you know there's something wrong never really spoken about it like I've never done anything like this or I've never publicly sort of gone out and never really tweeted about it never really posted about it now it it just seems so important as I've never really had an issue with being able to talk about it it seems like I should I should be able to talk about it and I should let other people know that it's not just them and it happens to so many more people than you think yeah it's surprising isn't it how many people are even even now like we know you go to the doctors and they tell you it's extremely common but it's still surprising um sometimes i get i have this like mental ocd sort of thing where i have a thought that just goes round and round in circles for days and it doesn't stop and it can be something so silly yeah it can be like i've read a an ingredient on the back of a packet and i'll just keep saying the word over and over again really i've never actually gone to the doctors about that but but i think that's something that i want to want to address because it, it still happens and when it, it tends to happen when I'm at my most sort of depressed or anxious I've um, never heard of that before so is it almost like it's not like you know how like some people with OCD might have to turn a light switch on, yeah. on and off and like yeah. 20 times before they leave a room it's kind of like that but just with with words and phrases yeah. in, in your head and it just you know when you get a song stuck in your head yeah like an advert or a song yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's exactly like that but it just over and over and over again yeah and then that <laughs> adds to the frustration. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially gets you agitated. It's <laughs> yeah. something boring you've remembered. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, why can't it be a long book? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it, it can be, it can be anything. It can be a lyric. It can be, um, just something that I've made up in my head. It can be, uh, an ingredient on a, on a packet. Mm. How often does that happen then? Or is that just when you're having low moods? It hasn't happened for a, for a couple of weeks, but when I was, before Let, I let's started, hope it doesn't happen now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I started the medication, the new yeah. medication, it was happening maybe two or three times a week. Really? Um, and it would last anywhere between 24 and 72 hours. That must be horrible. Um, yeah. yeah, and nobody really knows it's happening. Because I don't really, I'm not really telling people because I'm like, I'm... Are you afraid of sounding like a weirdo? Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) all weirdo. Are you afraid of almost saying it out loud as well because it's going around in your head? I don't know, maybe that would help. (laughs) Yeah, and then it'll just go. (laughs) No, I just, I've just, it's just something that I've, I've noticed. It's not something that I had initially. It feels like something that's sort of slowly crept in. And I don't know whether it's to, it started off for me to try and take my mind off of something or to, and it's just stayed and it's, but it, it, it feels compulsive. Like I can't stop, stop it. I suppose there's positive and negatives to it. So on the one hand, you're not thinking about your anxiety, depression, but on the other hand, <laughs> you just got this. Yeah, so it's thought. not one, it's the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but like I said, I've never been to the doctors, so I don't, about it. So I don't know if it's actually like, if it, if it's anything yeah. or whether it's just a really terrible habit yeah. um, that I need to try and break. But since I've been on the medication, it hasn't really come up that's good um but it was coming up a lot especially since sort of like just before christmas Mm. it was happening all the time 
but it's not something I, that's not something I've ever really voiced to anyone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've told, I've told her that I do it. She's pretty much just said, oh, that's weird. <laughs> but like, no, nothing, no, not a deeper conversation than that. Yeah. Like, I don't really know why or where it came from, but irrational fears that sort of thing like yeah those well, come from a place but yeah, you, some some develop over a long period yeah. of time and some just you, you sort of seem like you're born with it's strange because my my partner woke up this morning so he had the theme tune to max and paddy song just stuck in his head <laughs> so at least it wasn't that funny <laughs> yeah right yeah it's yeah it I don't tend to, some, yeah, it, it literally, you, th- you go to sleep and, and then you wake up and you think, it's almost like, you know, when you have a headache and, yeah. and you, you think I'm going to go to sleep and then it'll be gone in the morning yeah. and then you wake up, it's still there. Oh yeah. And it's so, it's like that feeling of like, I can't believe this isn't gone yet. Yeah. Come on. And then it goes and you've got a few hours of relief and then something else happens and it triggers and off it goes again. But I don't know, maybe that's something counseling would help. Or um, my advice would be watch a really annoying outfit and then just <laughs> just try and get that stuck in your head instead. <laughs> try and balance it out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe I should just read longer books. Yeah. Like, uh, hope hope for the best. Take some sign ups to some exams. Yeah. <laughs> try and remember the answers. Yeah, right. Yeah, because this is nothing useful about it. It's not like I'm learning a language. But it's, it's good it's not happened for a while. It's not happened for, yeah. for a couple of weeks now and it's been bliss. Yeah. Like it's been, been Let's hope we don't bliss. go home tonight and it starts again because uh, you've yeah. re- I'm scared now tonight, <laughs> tonight but I, I think that's in in reality probably been with me for a couple of years right on and off and then it's just got worse lately so I, th- I think when I'm in a better place like generally everything feels a lot easier like all of those tasks like brushing your teeth having a shower just like doing your hair in the morning getting out of bed at, at 6am all of those things don't feel like mountains do you reward yourself for doing those things no, because I don't think they deserve a reward. Mm. They're just they they should be givens. Mm. I know they're not for a lot for a lot of people that they, they, they can be quite difficult, and I I've experienced that. But mm. it doesn't mean I again I'm not letting myself off the hook. Mm. I understand that I'm you know I'm not washing for days. I get it, but it doesn't make it any less difficult to to actually get up and do those things. Mm. I would mm. rather look at the wall when I'm when I'm in one of those states. It's almost like a relief for me. So the relief is a reward, I guess. Yeah. The relief of not having the feeling of climbing a mountain to just... To know in that day's Lift the toothbrush up to your teeth, you know, start brushing. Like, I don't have that at the moment. And that's been a big challenge for the last last few months. A noticeable challenge, like, you know, people comment on it. But right now, it's just a huge weight off to not feel like you know getting in the shower is just a, such a mammoth task mm. it's like it's not it's actually quite nice yeah <laughs> you know and the tablets that you've gone on now were they the same the no ones they were before? different um i can't remember the name of them mm. uh, to be honest because they're a new one so i haven't quite memorized it yeah. but years ago i was on um, standard just search search and search line then at that time that seemed to work and then i started going to the gym mm-hmm. started looking after what I was eating, started really taking care of myself a lot more, uh, felt really good, um, slowly came off the tablets and was fine for a, a long time. And then one day I got a new job and the routine changed. Um, it was in a different place. Uh, didn't mean it meant that I couldn't go to the gym in the morning. Well, I could, but to me, it meant I couldn't go to the gym in the morning 
because it took more effort and it wasn't as convenient, then that just, it just all stopped instantly. And I really struggled to get myself there or find a new routine. And then because I wasn't on the tablets, it all just started coming back slowly over, over the course of a year. It just got worse and worse and worse. Got to this point pretty much before I just um, got back. I did go back to the doctor to try and get tablets. However, it was a horrible experience. I, that's, I think that's another thing. It's scary going to the doctor. Yeah. And I went back to the doctor. I'd worked up the courage to go back. And I said, I, I basically, what was going on and that I wanted to go back on these tablets. And he decided it was the best, the best thing he could say to somebody struggling with, with their brain was that mental health isn't really a thing and that the jury's out on whether the tablets even work or not. It's like, well, so, rolling. <laughs> yeah. So I, that obviously humiliated me yeah. and it made me feel horrific and like I was wasting everyone's time. I got the tablets. I didn't take them because I was like, what's the point? Yeah. If um, you said they didn't work. Yeah. Eventually took the tablets and just felt nothing happening, nothing changing and thought, well, I don't know whether that's a result of what he said and, uh, or, or how he made me feel, but. Did you get a new doctor? Well, I moved, I moved from, um, Western to Bristol, to yeah. Western Supermare to, to Bristol. And, and when I registered with the doctor there, it took me a while to register. I went and I was sort of thought I was going to be fine, but I got in, in there and I was like shaking and like yeah. terrified yeah. of saying it just in case he said the same thing. Yeah. Cause you feel was, like, Oh, do they think I'm lying? Or yeah. Like, me? But he was amazing. He was brilliant. He was very patient, very calm. Didn't seem phased by it. Didn't act in any way like he, he thought that I was over-egging it or under-egging it. And he just asked me, asked me the questions that he needed to get answers to and, and talked about counselling. And I said that I tried it before and it hadn't really worked. Um, it probably would work. It's just I can't get myself there enough yeah. to, to actually do it um, and see the benefit. So we decided that a new type of tablet. He asked me what I was on before and, and whether it worked. And I said that I'd had struggled with it. I told him about the previous episode I'd had with the last doctor and he was very apologetic. Mm. It wasn't the same surgery, but he was very apologetic about the experience and, and um, suggested this new, this new tablet, very little side effects. Like, you know, I think I felt sick one day. I had about a week of just like extreme waves of anxiety for no reason well what, um, often when you look on the pack and it says side effects it says anxiety and depression and yeah, to think, well, what's like, the point, what's the point? <laughs> it's, I, it gets worse before it gets better but yeah. luckily it was just these waves of anxiety i think if it ha had it been the depression that came out i probably would have struggled to stay on them but i you know i was feeling really bad anyway how much worse could it get? Yeah. Like, you know, that's sort of how I thought. And, and when I was getting these waves of anxiety, I would sort of tell my partner, like, oh, I'm getting another one and sort of make a thing of it. Like of here comes the, the fake anxiety, <laughs> you know? And it was that sort of, you know, attributing it to the tablets yeah. helped sort of move through those periods. Cause it can trick um, you into thinking it's real. Kind of, yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I, I could, f you know, start every time I felt anxious, I just attributed it to the tablets yeah. and then that started to subside a bit. I was already feeling better after the first kind of week depression wise, but the anxiety was like really 
it was ramping up but I just made a made a a bit of a joke of of it and attributed it to the tablets and this is probably the first week where it's gonna fully everything's fully kicked in yeah Um, well there's no cure for for it is there but it's it's learning to to know how to deal with it it's like a bad back it's like you you know you live to you learn to live with it yeah but there is a difference in how you can feel and there's so many different ways you can tackle it which is amazing when when you think about it it's not like having a different type of illness where there's only one way mm-hmm. there's only one you know there's you you have to have this surgery or you have to take these these medications which are going to make you sick every day for the rest of your life there's so many different things you can do it's just finding uh, what works for it's just you, finding yeah. the combination and for me that combination is is medication and exercise Pe- people have tried all sorts of different things and i've heard positive and negative stories about all of them i think the thing anyone suffering with any type of illness like this it is not to be discouraged by things that don't work yeah everyone's different aren't they keep looking and if you're not getting anywhere with your doctor find a new doctor if you're not getting anywhere with your medication find a new medication um if exercise isn't working for you find something find a different activity Mm. you know there's going to be something out there that's going to work for you Mm. and I still am in sort of awe of the fact that you have such a plethora of choices yeah. of how to tackle and something like this. You don't have to go on medication as well. And the other no. side of things you can try CBT. Some, like like I, can... I was, I was off medication for a long time yeah. and just surviving on good eating and exercise. Yeah, and and it worked really well. It wasn't until my routine changed that everything got worse and now I, and then I needed the help again. Yeah. And I think now just for me looking back just personally now going forwards I would continue to take the medication just in case something like that happened again and I knew that I had that safety net. Yeah. It doesn't make me cloudy, it doesn't make me it, my, it doesn't skew my judgment. So for me it's been the best thing ever. I know it doesn't it doesn't work for everybody and and it everyone's got different levels of 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 this type of illness and different forms it takes and that in itself is a, is a is a challenge to try and work out what's going to work. I sort of see it the same way as diet or something like an exercise uh, schedule. It's like not every workout routine or not every diet is going to work for the same person, but it doesn't mean that there's only one type of healthy diet. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's only one type of workout schedule that's 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 going to help you feel good or there there are loads of different ways to do it. There's a hundred different ways to do the same thing. Mm. And that's a really, really good thing, especially with an issue like this and, and anyone suffering with, with something like this. So how are you feeling, Matt, now then, Matt? Are you feeling fine? If we'd had had this conversation three weeks ago, I think I emailed you in the middle of the night and said, I need to do it now. Yeah. I was having a, a really rough time. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think it would be a very different conversation. It's important as well to make yourself aware that it's okay to yeah. feel really bad because you know in yourself that you're going to come out it's not in any way the end or this isn't how it has to be you just have to solve the problem not every problem is solved in mm. in a day or a week but it's it's solvable mm. no matter how bad it seems it's, it's something that you can get through and that is you know something that i've done twice now i've you know been bad and then and then got better and it feels like the worst thing in the world at the time. But the moment you can look back on it 
through a clearer lens the difficulties and the issues that you were having they they seem so obvious yeah and if you spend a bit of time looking back on them and analyzing your behaviors and why not only does it help you sleep better at night for understanding but it helps you recognize the the triggers and the signs go in the future as well and mm. um, that's something that i like to do because i feel like it helps me be a more leveled out and well-rounded person hopefully <laughs> yeah do you sort of have a, a safe place you go to when you're in those moods I would say it should be like the gym or, or I do play bla- basketball and sometimes when I feel like I need to get on my head. Yeah. If the, uh, it providing the weather's good yeah. and, and nothing is going to get in my way. <laughs> um, going to play basketball is, is something that really helps me forget about anything because I'm just involved with getting the ball in the hoop. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and, that, just focus on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's basically just distracting your focus, but that's all it is. It's a distraction. That's what I um, feel when I run. So it's like, you, you just think I just want to get the run done this time or just a few more miles. And yeah. That, that's it. You're just focusing on the short term. Yeah. And, and that helps you at least escape. I think an activity, no matter what your solution is to remedying whatever you're dealing with I, I think finding an activity that you love to do yeah and it doesn't have to be physical you know you could do painting knitting. yeah well, anything that just yeah. takes you away from focusing on yourself yeah in such a negative way is such a positive thing yeah um as you find the solution that activity just becomes more and more enjoyable mm. and you form a stronger bond with it and it just becomes a part of your life that you you know you can rely on yeah and I think consistency and reliability is something that you lose when you get to a, a rather negative place. We all have mental health and it's just as important as physical health. No Really I'm Fine shares real stories and experiences, but we aren't experts and this podcast is not an alternative to getting official medical advice. If your mental or emotional state quickly dips, or you're worried about someone you know, help and support is out there. Talk to your GP or call us Samaritans on 0800 58 58 58. For advice on how to help a friend or loved one, visit rethink.org. Thanks for checking out the show. I hope you join us on the journey as we explore mental health. You can follow us on Twitter at I'm Fine Podcast underscore. Where we'll have loads more information and some sneak peeks for future episodes. Mm-hmm.